Hello, my name's Bruce Garber, and this is Through Your Eyes. It's a place where we share stories with people and what they have seen through their eyes, hoping it will entertain, inform, motivate, and inspire you. Today's a very special day. I'm about to introduce you to a friend of mine who believes in sight, sound, and song. He's a songwriter, solo artist, performer, composer, musician. He performs acoustic, contemporary, folk, and so much more. Please help me welcome Tim Behrens to the show. Thank you so much, Bruce. I'm going to jump into a song to get us started here. I'm looking forward to visiting. eight movie tickets his first eight comic books and a flashlight he used to read them stably love notes he never sent first dollar never spent a map with all the pinholes of places he would never go they're buried the treasure the moments the measures got to keep these things gotta keep them forever the junk in the trunk the trunk in the attic it's filled up with stuff but it's nothing pragmatic just a ghost of a storytelling who he is they're dusty, they're lovely, they're locked up, they're all is. They're all is. He's got a coffee cup, reads world's best dad. He bought it, he'd art sell, made him sad. He'd trace the smiley faces, all the colors painted round. His favorite pen, all two to bits. Orange, your cozy grandma knit. She's long gone, but so strong. The orange reminds him life too short. It's buried. It's treasure, the moments, the measures. Got to keep these things, gotta keep them forever. The junk in the trunk, the trunk in the attic. It's filled up with stuff, but it's nothing pragmatic. Just the ghost of a story telling who he is. They're dusty, they're lovely, they're locked up, but they're all his. He's got a driver's license, he was rocking that beard Had a list on a pizza box of things he fear Like darkness and deep space rejection and loose face The dust is mostly settled, now you dig deep enough Through the heartache, the moving on the rough got rough Well it's opal and jaded, all the trinkets that made it The junk in the trunk, the trunk in the attic It's filled up with stuff, but it's nothing pragmatic The ghost of a story telling who he is they're dusty, they're lovely, they're locked up, but they're all is. They're all his. Very nice, Tim. Very nice. Tell me about that song. Where did that come from? So, yeah. So I got into songwriting when my son, son was about eight years old. I mean, I'd been doing it for years before that, but had taken a more serious turn where um, I had been playing on the weekends a lot and bars and clubs, and I wanted to be more present for him, and I didn't like being gone so much. Uh -huh. so I quit the band I was in and um, just to focus on songwriting, and I joined a songwriting 
uh, a song a week group, and you would get a theme at the beginning of the week, and by the end of the week you had to post something or they would kick you out. And I remember that the, the very first theme I got was this junk in the trunk theme. And my reaction immediately was, I've made a mistake. I, this, is, this is bad, and um, I don't want to do this. And so that song kind of evolved, like I, I, I do some picking in the beginning and the end. Um, for the first half of the week, I was just playing these riffs because I wanted to um, resist writing to that. And then somewhere around the middle of the week, um, it came to me that I could write about a physical trunk in someone's attic and the keepsakes they kept in there. And, um, and so I wrote that and then I stayed with it and wrote a song a week for about two years straight. And some of that, some of that music is to this day, my favorite to play. So, wow. Yeah. Well, very cool. Um, Tim, can you remember when you became interested in music and when was the first time you picked up an instrument? Yeah. Um, yeah, I love that. Um, my grandmother lived in Syracuse, New York, and we would spend our summers up there. And um, they lived out in the country, and I remember that she was a collector of things, including musical instruments. And so you could walk up the, the stairs into the living room, and every single wall in that room was lined with organs, Hammonds and Wolitzers and... Wow kinds of church organs and pianos. And it's just like there was not a space in that room where there wasn't something to play on. And I can just remember hearing her playing. Um, she played a lot of hymns and, and, and church music. And, and, and I was very curious about that. And I remember when we got home one, one summer, and I was probably in the second or third grade that I, I started taking piano lessons. And, um, and nothing really came of that, but it, I, I think it kind of set the foundation or it laid the root for my love of music. And then, then sometime around middle school, I took up saxophone and was very serious about that for a number of years. And guitar came about because um, with symphonic music, a lot of teachers will tell you there's one right way to play things, and they'd usually tell me that the way I was doing it was not that. <laughs> <laughs> and so guitar, I picked up guitar when I was probably about 15 or 16, and um, kind of as a rebellion. Plus saxophone doesn't work so well around campfires <laughs> in apartments later, and, um, but I've been playing guitar ever since. So what type of music do you enjoy? As far as listening goes, um, I'm, I'm all over the board. I, I think having the symphonic background, I, I love classical. I love um, uh, really contemporary acoustic folk is probably where I'm most drawn these days, but I'll listen to just about anything. Um, what I value the most is songs that have a message. So I love it when the vocals are out front and you can really hear what, this, what the song is about. And um, so anything that can tell a story, I, I'm usually attracted to. Is, is that the only type of music you play? Do you ever stray and, and, and play something different from time to time? Yeah, as far as, what I, as far as what I play, yeah, I've been all over the board. I think my first, uh, I could share the story of how I, I learned 
guitar, which was that I was, I was in a jazz band. I remember we were on a field trip somewhere playing a competition and um, we had a guitarist in the band and he was the, I want to say the class clown. He was just a funny guy. He was very just free with his words and the, his way of being and you know, everybody liked him and, and he was just a lot of fun to be around. And we were in the hotel one night after the competition and he brought a half stack into our, into our room and turned it all the way up. And I believe he was playing a Guns N' Roses song. And, and I heard that and I remember my reaction was immediately, you know, I'm this shy, awkward kid who, who felt like I was very much put in a niche. And um, uh, my first reaction to hearing that was, uh, I, I so want to be this guy. And um, second reaction was that we almost got kicked out of the hotel. <laughs> and, um, so yeah, a few months later I had saved up and I bought my first guitar and I played a lot of metal and popular music from the time, you know, Van Halen and Metallica and Guns N' Roses and all of these harder edged things. And, and it was probably three or four years later in college where I went to Winfield, Kansas. They have the National Flat Pickers competition here and went and camped out with some friends and heard four or five days of just all acu acoustic music, bluegrass and singer-songwriters and folk and contemporary. And, um, and I bought an acoustic after that and have never looked back. Not to mention that I probably wouldn't be able to hear you still if I continued down that path I had been on. So. So that brings up an interesting question about in, in the opening, we, we talked about that you do an awful lot with music, including uh, composing. How do you go about getting that done? What comes first, the music, the words, the beat? What's your creative process like? Yeah, and it's, it's been very different at, at points in my life. I think um, when I first started focusing on songwriting, I... Um, I was in a place of wanting to be commercial with it. So I was, I was trying to write for film and television. I was studying um, through a couple of organizations in Nashville that use the number system and have a very um, marketable, formulaic approach to their songwriting. And, and not to say that I think that's bad, um, because I, I think like anything, if you have a structure, you can work within it to say whatever you want to say. Um, so at points in my life, um, I was very methodical about how I would do things. I would write an idea, probably would start as a lyrical hook, and then I would put music to it, and then I would workshop it and get feedback and critiques and go back to the drawing board. And you know, and that could be very kind of a brutal process because when you're, you're trying to break into the, the market, they're looking for very specific things, and it doesn't have so much to do with what you're trying to say. It has to do with... What is the hook? Does it have a rising chorus? You know, um, does it fit into one of these these systems that that we work with? And and I learned a lot during that time. But I would say, not long after that, I really kind of returned to what got me into music in the first place was that it was a a self expression, and you know something that brought me joy, and then something um, something that I would journal through. That and, and, and at that point, my songs started to move toward the direction of I, I would have a thought that I would write. It was, it was very much like poetry on paper. And, and, and I, would, I would try and write with a certain rhyming scheme that I could then put music to. 
and 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 then it would become more a back and forth where I'm singing an idea, I'm playing some chords. This works. This doesn't work. How can I ma- how can I make the lyrics fit into this? And 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 that's been my process ever since, where it's been more of a journaling and a reflection of where I'm at in life, what I'm working on, the things I'm struggling with. And in that sense, it's become a very vulnerable, personal thing for me. And um, yeah, and I can share some of that in, in a few minutes here. We'd love to play some of that, that kind of music for you. Because um, I very much diverged from, from necessarily trying to have success in, in music. It's just been more a part of my journey and then success when it happens is is just um, a side effect. Right, you know, so right. I was welcome, but it's been more about just how I travel with it through the years. Perfect, excellent. So Tim, I have friends that speak multiple languages. And when I talk to them, I'm always curious and I like to ask them a question is that when they dream, what language do they dream in? So I'd like to ask you, a person with your talent, music can be like an ang- like a language. So when you dream, do you dream in music? And if you do, what's that like? The tempo, the words, the story, the beat. And do you only dream at night or is there sometimes daydreaming in music as well? Yeah, I love that question. And it's funny, I so wish that I did dream in music. How, how wonderful would that be? I know I've had a few instances in my life where I've woken up with a song in my head and, and, and tried to get to the keyboard or the guitar and, and write it down as soon as I could because it felt like it came from that creative, collective consciousness place you know, that, that artists try to draw from. And, um, but mostly when I dream about music, like at night, it's it's the anxieties that come up for me. You know my, that that brain's way of processing the day. And I have dreams about being on stage and forgetting lyrics, or or showing up to a gig half an hour late, or you know finding finding myself playing to empty rooms. You know all the symbolic ways that <laughs> that, that critical voice or that inner voice can come out and tell you um, you're doing something wrong. So. Um, but as, uh, from a positive aspect, um, I find myself daydreaming a lot about it. I find myself hearing melodies. And then maybe even from, from a spiritual perspective, I've had a few experiences of, uh, for instance, I remember walking into a, a coffee shop down the street one day, and there was a, uh, there was a young gal in there, um, I think, and she was probably in her early 20s, and she was playing ukulele songs that she had written. And I remember just leaning up against a column in the back, just uh, just kind of taking it in. And I, I started listening to what she was doing, and I heard string sounds and, and cello sounds and, 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 and vocals and harmonies and this, this symphonic um, sound that was just all around her. And it wasn't like it was just in my head. It was... It was like I remember looking around in the room, thinking, "Does she have um, some kind of backing track she's playing to? Is there, you know, what is going on here?" And and it wasn't. It was it was just her. And 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 I reflect on that moment a lot, just thinking about when people play and when they're playing from a place of vulnerability and 
passion and sharing their truth in the ways that they do. It's like, what does that connect you to? And what's going on in, in, in that space that exists between us? And uh, yeah, so I, I think I, I, I often reflect on moments like that and think about how much of a spiritual part of my journey music has been too. Yeah. So it, it always intrigued me a little bit with musicians when you do a show, I imagine that you go into a show with an idea of the type of show you want to put on. You have a, a set list as it's called. Sure. How does that change while you start to play? You, you kind of see the reaction of the people. Um, you start to read the room, I guess. There's always something that they say about public speakers, for instance, Know your audience. I imagine it's the same thing with, with music. You, you want to know your audience. You want to play what's going to make them happy and, and feel good. Because music is all about giving somebody a feeling. And you can, you can change that feeling in, in time or over the course of, of even a show. You can bring them up. You can bring them down. You can make them feel happy. You can make them feel sad. So I'm curious on, on how you go about that. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um... I do, I do go into shows with set lists, but they're, they're kind of a safety blanket. You know, if all else goes wrong, um, I'll play the set list. But, but in most cases, a lot of the places that I perform are um, songwriter circles and um, open mic nights with featured performers, things like that, um, where there are multiple performers. And depending on where you are in the night, someone else is setting the tone for you. And so I write a lot of things that are like journaling and um, they can tend to be more melancholy or more introspective. And you come into a room and someone has just played a bunch of um, songs you can tap your feet and clap along to um, have that realization that, oh, wow, everything I just wrote on paper is not going to work here. And then so you have these fallback songs, you know, and, and things that, that you know that you can play in certain situations. And... Um, and then even beyond that, there's that internal desire as well. Like if I, I, I mean, I think performance in live settings is very much about an energy exchange. Like you can, you can feel in the room what's going on and what people are responding to. And, and music becomes almost a conversation with the audience where it's like, well, how do I fit into this conversation that's already going on? And so quite often I'll go in with an idea of what I want to play and not end up playing a single song that I've written down. Yeah. And, uh, and sometimes that's good. And sometimes it's a bit of a, a struggle as well, because there are things that you want to get out into the world and you realize this situation isn't where that that's going to happen or, or, or it's not going to work here. And so what can I do to, um, to feed off of this energy and feed into it at the same time? And yeah, so that's been a really interesting process. It'd be fun to hear what other musicians say, say to that as well. I bet there are not too many out there that actually follow their set lists. So I'm, I'm wondering as a composer and, and there's musicians, of course, that will, will play different songs and they'll go from one song to the next. They may read the room and change up their set list, of course. But if you're not feeling it mid song, did, did you ever change a song mid song and sit, kind of lead it into another piece right in the middle of, of what you're doing. Yeah. 
<laughs> I, I definitely have. And, and I wouldn't say I've done it with the most grace that one could do it. I've seen people who are brilliant at that. Um, for me, it's usually a matter of trying to own my, my vulnerability, you know, some, or it might be something as simple as like, I get halfway into a song that I think would be fun to share and realize that I don't remember it anymore. <laughs> and, and or the lyrics aren't coming to me, or I've just totally flubbed it. And, um, and in those cases, it's, it's an interesting thing to sit with and, and, and just to be able to acknowledge that, you know, and, and that's one thing I love about the smaller venues and clubs is that it is more like a conversation doing that on a, on a stage in front of 500 people is very different from doing it with, um, you know, people you've developed some kind of rapport with and, but to be able to say, yeah, this just isn't working or I can't remember this, or that was pretty awful. I'm going to move on. And, and most, I would bet you all of my experiences where that's happened, I have been very critical of myself, but have been pleasantly surprised at how supportive the people in the audience are with that, because it is showing something that's true and real and reminding them that it can be a very, um, vulnerable, still the best word I can think of the experience to be sharing something like that in front of an audience. And, and kind of owning our imperfections as well. So I know you've obviously played solo and you've played with duos and maybe trios and maybe bands. Um, what's your favorite way to play? Do you have a, do you have a favorite or is it you enjoy it all and it's just all a different experience in, in that moment or that show that you happen to be doing at that particular time. Yeah. I think there's great things about both. Um, certainly from a solo perspective, you have the freedom of being able to go wherever you want to, even thinking about set lists, um, that you have more freedom to do those, those last minute changes when, when you're the only one playing. Mm -hmm. Um, and also you have the ability to, move beyond your mistakes more easily because uh, you can you can improvise in the moment and no one's going to know the difference. If you're doing that with a rehearsed song in the midst of a band, it goes quite differently. Um, certainly in the midst of a lot of isolation this past year, I, I am very much missing the interaction with other musicians. And um, um, I played in a lot of improvisational bands when I was growing up. And, and thinking about the, the energy exchange between a band and an audience um, when you introduce that improvisational aspect, you know, like The Dead or Fish or Allman Brothers, all of these bands that kind of thrived on that, um, you have that ability to travel places that no one knows. We, you, you don't know where you're going, but you're all going there together. And it becomes this back and forth of feeding off of what the audience is doing and, and what's happening with your your bandmates on the stage and and I love that as a as a process as an experience as an exploration of uh, of sound and um, and then even the conversations that are happening on stage um, can be quite magical so I, I, I miss that aspect a lot um, in recent times though I, I find that I have a fair amount of freedom with the journaling songs, with the things that are more personal to me where um, I enjoy them. I think other people can relate to them on some level, but they're not always the kinds of things that you can bring to a band and say, hey, I've got this song about 
uh, codependency and this friendship that just fell away because how foolish I was. And, you know, what do you think, guys? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's like the, the appeals for why you would play and share things are very different in a, in a group context. And, uh, yeah, so I, lo I love the best of both worlds, I think. So I imagine you feed off the energy with each other that when you're on stage also, but it probably also affects the tunes that you pick for a particular show. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and of course, of course, when you're in a group, everyone's coming with different backgrounds and influences, things that they're passionate about. And so then the conversation moves just beyond the performance to how do we all get what we need from this situation? And I, I know for me, when it comes to performance, I've always thrived more off of um, the musical interactions as opposed to um, crowd response. And I've been very fortunate to play with a lot of people who are more um, showmen in their approach to things so, so that I could lay back and just focus on the things I was playing, but still be a part of something that was um, presented in a way to the audience that they, they enjoyed it as well. <laughs> So yeah, I've always been an introvert and I find that I'm that on stage too. So it's wonderful to find find people that have different motivations and different reasons for being there that you can interact with. So so talking about performing with other people on the stage with you, bands, duos, trios, or whatnot, if you could open a show for any artist, is there a particular artist that you would like to open for? Wow. There's so many. Yeah, it would be hard. Um, I, I think the first one that comes to mind, and this is this is thinking big, I, I think it would be wonderful to open for Sting if he was touring. Um, just really a, a huge fan of his lyrics and his musicality and the way he writes and the way he performs. Um, certainly in a, in a performance setting, the musicians he surrounds himself with, it's just a class act. And, and how fun would it be to start that conversation by opening up for someone like that. I think that would be wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. That, that would for sure be amazing. So let's yeah. take it in the other direction completely. You're alone and you're driving where to the supermarket, to, to the local park for whatever reason. Do you sing in the car? I do. Yeah. <laughs> In the car, I sing in the shower, I sing in parking garages where the, the reverb and acoustics are naturally amazing. Um, caves. <laughs> I used to go find caves in nature that I could sit in with my guitar and sing. Um, but yeah, driving in, in the, the car is great because you have that freedom of singing what, whatever it is that you want to sing and, and expressing whatever it is you want to express without worrying about how the audience is interacting. And, and so for me, oddly enough, and I, I guess I could play, play one of those songs, but I end up singing things that are somewhat melancholy sometimes. And, and, and I know that when I play out in the world, I have that fear that when I do those kinds of songs, um, people might react to it in such a way of thinking, Oh, is he okay? Or is he, <laughs> or, 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 you know, finding, finding themselves sitting, sitting with some sadness as well. When the reality is the experience of sharing those songs. A lot of times I find that people can relate to them 
and you know they can they can they can take something from that that they can apply to their own lives and it doesn't end up being a sad thing at all because for me um that kind of music is um you think about process art or artists that that go through um painting not for the end result but just to get those motions on paper or to sit with the feelings that are coming up with them in them and work through them and it becomes a release and it becomes um therapeutic in a way just just to acknowledge those things that are going on so i find myself kind of sitting with a lot of that when i drive unless i'm playing someone else's music i, I also sing along to jack johnson and ben harper and all you know contemporary singer songwriters i'll turn on happy music from time to time as well sure you, you mentioned that you had a song that might yeah just talk about that if you'd like to share that that'd be fine yeah, just thinking, and because I used it as an as an example earlier, thinking about um, music as the journaling process, and um, having some awareness through the years of like different things that have come up that could be called codependent, which which might be to say um, there have been many points in my life where I put more importance on what others think of me than what I think of myself. And, um, and then there have been points where that's all fallen away, like where something, something dramatic has happened and I've just been left with the broken pieces of that. So I have a song called Glass that I can play and it's kind of, a, kind of about that. And oddly, it, it feels weird to tell you I, I sing things like this in my car, but <laughs> I do. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll try this real quick. This one requires a little bit of reverb, so I've switched over here. The moment it broke, there were a thousand pieces, web of my drama falling in ceaseless. I failed you completely, reflection in glass Tried so hard to hold on, you shattered at last Each shard holds a light, a shine from above Force letting go, a lesson in love And all my struggle and all my need Felt suddenly broken, but something broke free Shattered Senseless, foolish, defenseless And all I ever wanted was to know that I loved And I had you right here, gave in to my fear Thinking I was never enough Seems 
I yeah, like it a lot. So that kind of song has a limited audience, but it's fun to it's fun to kind of work through those things. And and even um, I think when I was younger, I I liked uh, you know Andrew Lloyd Webber or theatrical kinds of music, and I find that I tend to write my journaling stuff in that that vein. Um, and certainly those kinds of things are fun to belt out in a car. <laughs> <laughs> so that leads in, you know. I was going to ask, you know, you mentioned that you sing in the car, you sing in the shower, you look for caves from time to time for the acoustics. Where do you like to perform when you're out and about? What are some of your favorite types of venues? Yeah, um, I think my absolute favorite is probably um, smaller venues with wood floors and wonderful acoustics. Um, intimate crowds that you can interact with. And even beyond that, the format that I love is um, singer-songwriter circles where you have maybe one or two other performers with you. And um, in that same way that you might feed off an audience or read a room, you're also, um, you're also choosing your songs based on what they're singing and sharing as well. And it's not just the music, it becomes um, a conversation about what the music is, uh, how it was written, what the inspiration was, what it means to you, and how it changes as it moves through the years. Um, I love those kinds of conversations. Um, I love that you can have those with the music too, and and kind of it gives a deeper meaning. And then just being able to connect with other songwriters and hear their stories in that way is, um, I love being a part of those. And, and there's a really great, great community for that here in Kansas City. So I feel very blessed in that sense to know some wonderful songwriters. So since you brought it up, where do you get your inspiration? Yeah, um, it could be any number of things. I, I think certainly, um, you know, there is that sense of, of a lot of times journaling through music. It might come from from struggle or times of sadness, you know, where there are things that you want to overcome and there becomes a therapeutic release of getting that out on paper and just acknowledging it and sitting with it and being with it. And then in that alchemy kind of way, turning, turning that struggle into something beautiful or something, something that makes you feel good that you can share in the world in a, in a more positive kind of way. Um, so I would say a lot of my music comes from that. Other times it might just come from um, feelings, uh, feelings of, of being whimsical or, you know, being among friends or experiences that you have out in the world. Or for me especially, like a lot of my inspiration comes from being out in nature and sitting with the sounds of, of water and wind and feeling the sun on your face and those things and then trying to 
express those feelings with words and sound. Um, but yeah, and sometimes you never know where it comes from. And sometimes it might be something that's more methodical, like a song a week group where you're given a theme that doesn't relate to anything going on in your life. A challenge. And yeah, a challenge. And to say, what can I, what can I do with this? How can, how can I relate to this thing that's separate from me and, and yet make it personal in a way that I can relate to and that others can relate to in turn? That must help the creative process tremendously because it's not something that you're coming up with necessarily in your own head at that particular moment. Somebody's asking you to write something, sing something, perform something with a theme that maybe you have no relationship to and you have to come up with something. Yeah. And not to go off on too much of a tangent, but thinking about, you know, my, my spiritual connection to music, when I think about practices like meditation, that practice is really about sitting with your breath and then creating enough space between you, the observer, and the stories that are being told, um, you know, the thoughts as they come up and, and not wanting to attach to them, but looking, it's like we're creating our reality every day by choosing what we focus on and the things we tell ourselves about what's happening in the world because we make up so many stories when often we don't know. And having that distance gives so much perspective and puts you in touch with more universal kinds of themes. And then relating that to um, a song a week group where someone else gives you that, you almost have the space to begin with where, um, where uh, there's a freedom in not being attached to a story or not having something that resonates so deeply that you feel like you have to get it out. It's like, well, well maybe I can tell someone else's story here. Or maybe I can relate to something that I overheard in a conversation in a different way that isn't about me. And um, yeah, so I find a lot of freedom in, in writing from that place too. I don't mean to put you on the spot or anything, but do you have an example of something like that? Of, of, something, uh, of something that I'm not personally relating Attached to. Attached to, yeah. Yeah. Sure. And it may not, we'll see how it comes out in the lyrics. Cause I, I, yeah, this is, this is a, this is one I hadn't thought about too much, but, um, uh, the theme for the week was, uh, Oh, oopsie daisy. <laughs> one of those expressions I, I think I remember my grandparents saying, but it's, you know, it was, um, how do you write a song about that? And, and, and I, I kind of took this, this blues kind of feeling sound and um and put a whimsical spin on it because i wasn't really feeling anything in that moment but i love playing this song so oh i gotta turn my guitar on that would have been awkward if i played that whole song without a guitar signal. <laughs> is that coming through bruce yeah okay Some days are just disasters I don't know what I'm after I just know it's not here and it's not right now It's a cyclical confusion, contradictory infusion The set-up camp planted right between my brow And there's a little poem that I mumble when I make mistakes 
When enough is just enough and I'm feeling kind of rough Here is what I say Well I say oh Oopsie daisy too slow But I'm not crazy Guess I'm just getting my ducks lined up Not a train wreck proposition All the chances I've been wishing You could call it tough luck It's just me Drop this line I've been living by Don't try to fly to high Don't make a wreck out of things I say, uh-oh, oopsie-daisy, too slow, but I'm not crazy, guess I'll just wait and see what tomorrow brings. Some days are just a hazard, and everything plays backward. I'm not sure which way's up and which way's down. For all I try, my fumbling can't find the path. My world's it spins, everything's a blur when I look around. And there's a little ditty that I sidestep when I slip up. When enough is just enough and I'm feeling kind of rough, well, here is what I'll say. I say, uh-oh, oopsie-daisy, too slow, but I'm not crazy, guess I'm just getting my ducks lined up. It's not a train wreck proposition, all the chances I've been wishing, you could call it tough luck. It's just me, drop this line, I've been living by, don't try to fly to high, don't make a wreck out of things. I say, uh-oh, oopsie-daisy, too slow, but I'm not crazy, guess I'll just wait and see what tomorrow brings. made me smile through the whole thing it's it is kind of whimsical yeah and it's fun i mean um i can certainly find pieces of that song that i can put my story and relate to but it was really nice actually to write from a place of how can i play with words and make them work together and tell a story of somebody who's having a bad day but not do it in a way that um my normal melancholy way i guess you would say so I'm going to change the, the direction a little bit sure. and ask you, how do you feel how the internet is impacting the music business? And, and that I mean, you know, going live on Zoom, um, performances on Facebook and Instagram and, and, and other venues as well. Yeah, where to begin with that? <laughs> um, well, you we've known each other for a while. You know, we, we met back in the, um, the hangout days and things yeah. mm -hmm. there was this, um, this new venue and platform for people from all over the world to share with each other. And you could meet so many incredible people and, and some were, um, you know, using it as a, a, a starting point for their musical careers and, and really had a lot of success with it. And, and then at some point in time, um, I don't know if I want to say the bubble burst on that, but it's like it, it lost some of its momentum for a while. And I remember having conversations with people about, oh, it'd be so great if if the technology could just catch up to the ambition and the, um, you know, the inspiration and how do we connect in these these different ways. Um, and, and I think with um, COVID last year and the pandemic that, um, it, a silver lining of that might be that that there was this forced need and desire um, for artists and musicians and photographers and everyone to really figure out how can the technology catch up with this and we see you know we see um, 
all of these different platforms for streaming kind of explode. And, and I think it's probably still true today that there are tech, technical hurdles that some musicians um, find and, and it stops them a little bit in their tracks. But also there are so many more resources now for learning how to overcome those and to create studio-like setups from your home computer that allow you to share into the world. Um, and I think it's, it's been an incredible opportunity. It's amazing for networking. It's amazing for conversations, for inspiration, um, for really showing kind of what's possible um, beyond the border and limits of distance and, and, and time even to an extent. Um, I love that I can turn on my computer and I have my keyboard and my guitar and everything's set up. All of the cables are plugged in. And, and I, can, I can pull up a website and, and hit go and be playing and interacting with people. Um, most platforms, you know, they have this chat component. So like I might be streaming somewhere and I can see all these comments showing up and I can interact in that sense, but it, it loses some of the, you know, the impact to an extent where you can't see people's faces and you can't have a live conversation because you're the only one with the mic and the camera. And, um, and, and so I think it, it can be a little isolating, but at the same time that it's an incredible opportunity. So I, I mean, I'd love if I could envision what the future would be, I'd love to see more, more platforms where, where you really can have 50 people in a room and they can all be interacting, but, um, but you still have a way to perform in a way that, uh, you're you're not necessarily being interrupted by those conversations. I think we've all had the experience of uh, the technical hurdles. What can happen when you have a lot of people in a room? And I don't think we're quite there yet. Yeah, sure. The, I mean, how cool would it be? And I know we've done some experiments. Um, some of us, you know, playing here online for so many years now. That how cool would it be to bring another musician in and play in real time together? Some of the, I know some of the things that you may see on television, they're getting recordings of different musicians and they're putting them together in post-processing because of the latency. Everybody has different bandwidth. Everybody has different internet speeds and all that type of stuff. So it makes it a challenge. But I imagine at some point in time, we're going to get there that we can do a world tour live in real time. It would be amazing. Pretty incredible. And, and my understanding to an extent is that those and I'm, I'm, I, I've been avoiding like mentioning any platforms by name, but that there are some some out there that are, are allowing something very close to that right now. It's like we're right on the verge of that. And then certainly thinking about it as a collaboration tool. Um, I, I have written and, you know, co-written songs with people on the East Coast and Germany and New Zealand and um, on the West Coast and, and and just the ability to share files back and forth and to jump into, you know, video conferences and talk about where you're at and what you are and, and, and send some of those ideas or even play them in, in real time and talk about them has just been incredible. I mean, I've met so many wonderful musicians that way and then grateful for that opportunity. And then I think even just thinking more generally, um, this has been kind of the equalizer in that uh, anyone who does take that initial step to get over the technical hurdle and, and, and enter the game, they're on the same 
platform as as big name artists. I remember I remember very early in the isolation of you know working from home and things, pulling up. Um, Oh, I forget which site it was. It was one of the streaming sites, and scrolling through and seeing, um, seeing one of my friends down the street performing their songs, and then scrolling a little bit further, and then the very same stream was Jack Johnson. A little bit further, I saw Nora Jones, and and they all have you know comparable numbers of viewers, and um, so yeah, and and you really never know when you're gonna play, and be heard by someone who is you know. A future collaborator or someone who may have an opportunity that can set you off down a path you never really envisioned so um, I, I think the possibilities are kind of wide open at this point so Tim what's your favorite song to perform do you only do originals when you're performing or do you perform covers from time to time I certainly um, when I'm playing out I, I do or even streaming to an extent I'll, I'll do covers and, and, and I think most people who have the mix of originals and covers would, would share the experience that playing things that people know and are familiar with um, will give you a certain amount of buy-in to them being open to listening to the things that they're not familiar with. Um, and, and sometimes I'll, I'll have the experience of I'll, I'll play something, just because I just mentioned him, like a Jack Johnson song. You know, I have my style has been compared to that a little bit. And I'll play a Jack Johnson song that everyone knows. Um, and then I'll play one of mine and I won't introduce it as an original. And sometimes it's, they will react to it in a different way, no, not knowing if it's mine. So that's been kind of fun. Um, I enjoy the most, even thinking about what I listen to, I, I love hearing original takes on familiar songs too. When someone can put their own spin on it bring something that is personal to them and introduce it into the formula of someone else's music. And, um, yeah, so, so I've always, I've always loved the, the mix of the two. Yeah. But what's your favorite? As far as covers go? Or, no, or it's, it's, it, it, one of your own. I, Out of I, all the songs that you've written and performed. Yeah. I think from a songwriting perspective, it's interesting to think about. I, I don't, I don't consider myself, um, much of a singer and um, surprise me well thank you <laughs> when I when I uh, when I write I tend I write in a range that is comfortable to me and when I think about playing other people's songs you know it's it's pretty easy to find find music that you love and that resonates for you that doesn't fit into your sound or your style and so then it becomes this challenge of trying to live up to something that has already been done perfectly because it was written and performed by the person who connected with it the most. And um, so I think I enjoy playing my own music just because it's um, it is a comfort zone, and I know and I know what it's about. Sure. Yeah. So here's a question I hope you can answer. What's the best advice anybody ever has given you? Yeah, so, um, so Kansas City is big for jazz. Um, you know, there's, there's the 18th and Vine, the Vine District down there. And um, when I first moved here, I would go down there on the weekends and there was a place called The Foundation where they would, they would, they would play jazz in the clubs all night and then they would all meet up afterwards 
at you know one o'clock in the morning at the foundation and they would play until the sun came up and it wow. was just this joyful wonderful experience and i remember i remember being there one night and having a conversation with a musician my first memory is that i sat down and played him something on the piano he asked me if i would play and, and afterwards he would and he wasn't being mean he was just you know very authentic and he was like you realize this is like a jazz club right that's not jazz and <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I was like, yeah, I know, I know. But it's like, I, I love being here. Thank you for letting me play. And um, and then we had a conversation about music in general. And he shared with me, um, I'm fairly certain it was not his quote. I think it might have been Miles Davis or uh, Bird some, but that, um, that shared this originally. But the idea behind jazz is that there are all of these techniques and theories and scales that you can learn. Um, but it's like a language. And... Um, the more you learn the language and go through the process of that, the better off you'll be. But once you have learned it, the best thing you can do is forget all of that. Um, forget all the rules and the technique and the exercises and just figure out if this is a language, what do I want to say with it? And then speak your truth, whatever that might be. And, and I really love that. And I, um, even thinking about, just to relate to my own experience, I remember when I was younger and starting off that I was, I was, I liked showing off a lot. I had a lot of choice licks and runs that I would play and I the felt entertainer in you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and not to say that that's a bad thing, but I, I remember, um, I can't remember where we were, but we played, we played a show earlier in the evening and, um, and did all of those things and then, and then went home and we were winding down with BB King and I remember just hearing, hearing that that one note that he would hold. You know, it's like I had been playing all these riffs and these licks, and BB King would, you know, come on on the speaker, and and it's just one note, just over and over, a little bit of vibrato here, a little bit of space there, you know, and the space became so, uh, so much a part of the conversation as the notes. And I realized I had been trying to fill every space that I could without really feeling what it was I wanted to say, and. Um, yeah, and, and so I think my journey in music since has been trying to figure out um, how is melody like speech? You know, where do you take the breath? Where do you pause to really reflect? Or, or like poetry, it's like I think people relate to poetry because there's the space in between the words where they can insert their own story. You know, the words become the framework for something that becomes personally meaningful for them. And, um, and I, yeah, I just really thought about that a lot. It's like, what do I want to say? Not so much how do I say it, but what do I want to say? Um, and that'll probably be my journey for, for the rest of my days. Very interesting. So let's reverse the question. What advice would you give someone? Yeah. Um, I think my first reaction is to go back to that time time when I was writing in the Nashville system and to pitch music to other artists to perform or writing for film and TV where you know there's a very defined kind of equation that you want to move within and um, and I would I would write these songs and I would go to workshops and usually the people that are running the workshops even though they're they're in the the system they're also musicians too you know who have have the heart and soul and the, the passion and the journey that has led them to that point. And so when they critique the songs, regardless of why you're pitching them, 
their reaction was to hear the things I was writing. And I was like, well, it, it sounds interesting. I like what I like what you've done there, but it doesn't feel like you. Um, there's something about this that's just not resonating. It feels like you're performing someone else's music, and I was. I was performing music I had written um, with an end in mind. Um, and so I, I think my advice to anyone is to say, if, if you want to write for that market, yeah, like jazz, learn the language, learn, learn the structures and the techniques and the craft, um, but then really... Um, be true to who you are as a person. Don't try and be anyone else because um, everyone has their own unique voice and their own journey. And we may be saying the same things, but we're saying them in a way that is uniquely our own because only we have had these experiences in, in the way that we have. And so to, to really just be true to your journey, find out what you want to say. Don't compare yourself to anyone else because that's always a, a setup for... Um, for, for sadness and self-criticism, you know, and just just do what you do and do it in the brilliant way you do it. So in this show, Through Your Eyes, I enjoy talking and having conversations with all types of artists, photographers and, and musicians and composers and all, all the different arts. I, I really enjoy it. And I like to ask this question to photographers, for example, if no one ever saw your photograph, would you still take the picture? So I can ask you a similar question. If nobody ever heard your music, would you still write? Would you still sing? Would you still compose? Would you still journal through music? It's a really good question. I think the short answer would be yes. I, I would, after having played for 25 plus years, um, that music has become a daily part of my life and my journey. It's my therapy and my meditation and my um, connection to spirituality. I mean, it's 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 all of those things, and it's um, I can't imagine living without that. Um, I also have the realization, though, with with art, photography, music, poetry, writing, whatever it might be, that some of those things don't always feel complete unless you've gotten to share them with someone else. Um, because it's, it's as much about here is something that is meaningful and true from my experience and, and from my heart and soul. You know, this is, this is something that has come from my way of being in the world. And then to, to ask the question is like, what do you, what do you think of this? I mean, how can we relate to each other through that? How can I find, my experience and what you're doing, you know, it truly does become a conversation. So I, I think another interesting question around that would be, if that was if that was the case before I ever started playing music, that I I you know, here's a piano, um, you can you can plunk around on it, but just know that no one is ever going to hear you play. Um, what would that be like? What would that experience be? Because I think I, I think for a lot of people, when we get into something like art or music, um, it might be our way of seeking belonging in the world. It might be our way of um, finding validation or finding a way to connect with others or just to feel seen. And um, and if you were to start down that path, knowing that would never happen, what would your what would your motivation be before you knew anything? And, and I don't know. 
I think when I think back on myself, if I'm honest, I, I know I got into it for because I wanted to be like the guitarist who brought his half stack into a hotel room or or, or I wanted to um, play the piano like my grandmother had and to have someone hear that music in the way that I heard her doing that, you know, a way of relating. So lovely. Yeah. So I guess it's a good thing that we, we may never know. Thank, thank God that we can all share in the ways that we do with each other because it really makes life so much more meaningful. Absolutely. So Tim, we, we talked about, um, how I enjoy, you know, photographers and artists of all type. I, I noticed that you have some paintings on the wall around your, your home there. Can you tell us anything about those? Um, you know, it was interesting. I, I went to, I went to college as a double music and art major and had some experiences that led me down a different path. Um, but I remember that art through the years has brought me as much joy as music. And, um, and I would often bounce like a, pinball in a pinball machine from one to the other. It's like if I found found I hit a wall where I couldn't express what I wanted to through music, that I would do it through through ink drawing and art. And there was a there was a meditative aspect to that as well. And and also a silver lining of um, the world shutting down in the way it did is that I I found in those beginning months I was streaming and performing so much online that I, I got sick of hearing myself play. And I missed my musical friends so much, and um, and uh, and then I picked up a paintbrush one day and and just remembered how much joy that had brought me, and even in particular, I had been going out into nature a lot, and finding comfort in places in the world where it didn't feel like things had been turned on end, you know, just listening to the breeze and feeling the sun and and the water and and um, so my painting became a study in trees in particular because um, it kind of represented nature for me. So yeah, I've got it. Um, I'll show you one. But yeah, it just kind of became, we'll see if I can get it up there. Oh yeah, amazing. Uh, tree after tree after tree. And it found like, well, um, every they're very similar, but uh, everyone became kind of just a, well, what could I do a little bit differently? And it became this return to the practice of art and not worrying so much about what the end result was, but just finding a way to stay centered in the midst of a fair amount of isolation. So, so you do it all. You do music <laughs> and composing and songwriting and journaling and poetry and painting and sketching and ink drawings. What's next for you? That's a, that's a good question. Um, yeah, well, and I, I'd say too, I know you can relate to this in that um, I, I, I think that we, we're probably similar in that it's, it's not just what we do, but it's the creative process. It's the, it's the journey of how can I express what's going on in my inner world, in the world. Is it, you know, art or music or photography or writing or poetry or, or whatever it is. It's just finding, finding ways to to bring those things. I, I love the idea of like writing in particular, that there's this mystical component of this abstract idea that's in the air and, and it doesn't quite exist yet, but it's something that's almost like on the tip of your tongue. And when you put it on paper or you find a, 
find a song to sing with it. You're, you're kind of rooting this abstract idea in the world and kind of opening the door to create something that didn't exist uh, before or didn't exist for you before, you know, in that personal way. When I think about what's next for me, I, I've, I've been very interested these last months in the absence of a lot of in-person connection. I found myself really drawn to authentic relating practices of finding how can we be in the world in a way that we can lose lose the masks that we wear or the things that keep us from telling telling the things that feel like our truth because we're fear you know fearful of rejection or judgment or whatever it is how can we just be more centered in ourselves to say the things that are happening inside and then allow others to react to them in whatever way they need to, you know, and to do that with compassion and kindness, both for others and for yourself. And, and so I, I think I've been focusing a lot on those practices. And, and as I move in that direction, that music and art become, um, become one of those ways in which I center myself. But I'm, I'm really, really curious about things like this, having conversations about creative process and um, meeting others and hearing their stories and talking about what's meaningful to them. Yeah. So, Tim, as we come to the end of our time, do you have any final comments or music that you'd like to share? I might. I'll share a song real quick, yeah. That'd be great. Um, just thinking about the, the, the story behind, behind the music, um, and this has been very true in the pandemic, sense for me that a lot of times there isn't just a black or white you know there's um what i what i've found over recent years and it sounds strange to say this because it it may sound very common sense to some but for me it was a new experience to be in the midst of a lot of sorrow and still be able to hold space for joy or to be in a place of um, blissfulness of feeling something really grand and feeling like I was a part of something and yet still having a little bit of sadness maybe as I would think about the people I wanted to share that with or the people that were no longer here and um, and just experiencing that I suggested to a friend once that what I was experiencing was was duality and you know just that those two sides of the same coin and this song is called two sides of the same um, but I remember I just loved thinking about advice that I've heard, you know, that has really resonated for me. I loved her response was that um, to suggest that I wasn't experiencing du duality, I was experiencing wholeness. You know, that it's very much the human experience to to have to navigate these conflicting things where, you know, the, the joy and the loss, the, the love and the sorrow and um, and and just to know that it doesn't have to be an either or, it's just us having human experiences together. Um, so we'll see, uh, we'll see what comes out in this song. Can you still hear this, Bruce? everything so crystal clear times I can't explain dancing in the clouds with you and crashing down like rain I'm lonely then I'm free 
overcomplicating me the circles that I run in joy and pain dressed in blue two sides of the same why is everything a struggle when I've bathed in knowing light I know I feel you near me when the shadows cloud my sight I'm lost and then I'm found each day I hit the ground, I trust in you, my shelter, then my pain. Dressed in blue, two sides of the same. I have run this race so long, I don't know my rights. Can't guess your wrongs. If I could spin this tale my way. Flip all the coins to the sides where you stay, sides where you stay, dressed in blue, two sides, they're the same. everything so black and white and I've been trying to paint in gray trying to let these pieces fall well send and love your way I'm grateful then I'm sad dwelling on the times we had my book of life these pages at your grace I'm dressed in blue two sides of the same I've run this race so long I don't know my rights can't kiss your wrongs if I could spin this tale my way I'd flip all the coins to the sides where you stay sides where you stay I'm dressed in blue two sides they're the same they're the same Very nice, Tim. Beautiful. Thank you. So, Tim, if do you have a, a place, a website people can visit to see more of your work and your music? Yeah, I'm, I'm a little scattered on, on, on these. Um, certainly on YouTube, I'm under T-I-M-O-K-C. Um, on SoundCloud, you could find me under Tim Barron's or Tim Barron's Music. And um, on Facebook, I would be um, Tim Barron's music. Those are probably the SoundCloud pages are, are interesting because they are kind of a, a record of my song a week groups. Um, so some of the things that are there um, are anywhere from sitting with a, you know, a, a hand recorder, getting an idea down to something that was fully produced. Uh, most of them are somewhere in between those two. So <laughs> definitely not 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 studio quality, but it's been fun to kind of journal or, uh, you know, keep a journal of that journey there. So, yeah, we'd, we'd love to hear from folks if anything resonates. I, I, I welcome the conversations and getting to network with different people. Well, Tim, I want to thank you for sharing your story and your music and what you've seen through your eyes. 
And if anyone out there has a story to tell and you'd like to share your story, please reach out to me and let's connect. Thank you for watching and keep being creative. Thank you very much, Tim. Thank you so much.